All right. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but we've got migrants living in police stations, in police stations in the city of Chicago. It just seems to be a state of emergency. We thought we would check in with Brandy Kanazi, the commissioner of Chicago's Family and Support Services. What's your job? What's your interaction with the people, the migrants who are arriving on buses or planes from Texas, Brandy? So good afternoon, and thank you for having me. But my role as commissioner is to work with other city departments to make sure that we're able to provide shelter, food, and medical care to the individuals that are coming to Chicago. We had Alderman Raymond Lopez on, and he was, you know, uh, very upset about our response and saying that the people who arrive here are being used as pawns. But I mean, has Chicago been welcoming? Are we trying to do our best? Do we have the ability to give these folks what they need? You know, I'll tell you that since this started, the first bus came on August 31st. Um, Since then, we've received 109 buses, over 5,000 people who were um, sent to Chicago from Texas and Denver. And then over, let's say, the last four months, we've had over 3,000 people who have been sent to Chicago with promises that if you go to Chicago, they have resources and they'll take care of you. And so when you have people who um, don't have anything, they don't have clothes, they don't have food, and all they have is hope, Um, and they're believing what they're told, they get on the bus or they get on a flight and they come to Chicago not realizing that, you know, we already have a homeless problem here in Chicago. We have over 3,000 homeless individuals. And so, you know, I think we tried to do the best we could with the resources we had through the fall and, you know, earlier this year. But with two weeks ago when Governor Abbott announced that he was going to begin busing to us again and with Title 42 being lifted tomorrow, it, it it heightens um, the response. It makes the need even greater. And we know that things will get worse before they get better. And so I think the city did um, the best we could with what we had. But, you know, nonprofits are tapped. Uh, there's only so far you can go. We've received over 8,500 individuals since August 31st. And no place to put them. Well, and no place to put them. And let's just be honest, right? We have opened up over 20, you know, alternate shelters. We have, you know, gone into schools that weren't being used. We've gone into field houses. We've worked with churches. We've worked with hospitals. You know, as summer comes online, everyone loves to be in Chicago to vacation and to visit. But, you know, our tourism industry was really like, hey, we want to have our hotels back. We want to be able to, you know, we negotiated really low rates in order to afford the budget that we had, which was really small. And so they want to be able to charge, you know, tourism rates. And so they had said, thank you. It was great having you during the winter, but springtime is here. And so it just makes it challenging. And when we know that um, more people are lined up on the border, I had a call this morning listening to Customs and Border Patrol and just understanding that they're redoing, you know, human releases um, every day, and they're releasing over 5,000 people because their detention centers are overwhelmed. They're sending additional resources because their patrol officers are overwhelmed, and there's more people lined up every day to come over to the U.S. We know that um, people are just going to continue to come, and we can't keep up with the demand over the last 30 days. We've had people exit the shelters, but that the pace people are exiting is not as fast as the pace that people are coming um, without buses. We're receiving over 100 people just by plane. 
and then 20 to 50 people who are coming here by other means. And that's without the official busing. We received our first official bus from Laredo, Texas yesterday, and that had 48 people. So the other means will continue to come by plane and have people get here on their own with NGOs busing them here from Texas. And then formal, the Texas governor sending them to us. And you think about just the dollars, right? Last year, we asked FEMA for $57 million. They gave us 5.5 this year. We asked for over 61 million, and we received last Thursday 4.3 million. Brandy Kanazi is with us. I just want to reintroduce who you are, Commissioner of Chicago's Family and Support Services. Steve Bertrand's got a question, Commissioner. For you. We keep hearing about the, uh, the the burden on government, and I I'm I'm imagining, but I want to hear from you that there are private charities who are stepping up and housing some of these immigrants as well? I mean, places like Salvation Army and Catholic Charities, are are they playing a role in this relief? Yeah, absolutely. So they're actually partners. Um, we uh, work with them, and so uh, they actually, we have contracts with them. Sal Army is our regular provider for um, our shelter system, and so what we've done is we're leveraging one of the shelters that they use. We actually are have turned that into a shelter that they use for new arrivals. Um, also, Catholic Charities has been a great partner helping with out-migration, so they are contracted with us to provide when people come in and they're like, I have family in, I don't know, Utah or um, Virginia, we'll help them connect to their family there, and so we support that. And then they also started on April 17th helping with resettlement. We have money from the state um, Department of Human Services that was allowing uh, individuals to be housed for up to six months, and so they're doing the housing relocation services. Uh, Brandy, somebody just sent in a text, and they said, my son is a the, the, there are many migrants at my son's station, yeah. 58 sleeping on the floor. They've been there for three months, coughing, etc. Police are getting sick. This has to stop. Are police stations the last place? And are we somewhat quarantining them? Are we not allowing them to move freely? That's one question. And the second question is how long before these people can get to work? Because as you know, that's why they came here. Many of them want a job and a better life. So let's start with your last question first. One is at the congressional level, Congress has to make a change that when individuals are paroled into the U.S., the current status is they have to file first for their asylum paperwork. And so that can take up to a year for them to file. Once they file, they have to wait 150 days in order to apply for their work authorization. And they have to have about $500 is the cost of that fee. So that's over a year and a half of people not being able to work. The first thing that has to change on the congressional level is people need to be able to work immediately. No stops. Just that has to happen. So that hasn't, and that creates problems if people can't support themselves and they resort to other means. Right. They're going to work illegally. They're going to do illegal things because they need to survive. Yeah, and and they're taking advantage of. They're not paid minimum wage. Right, they don't have right. the same protections that you and I do in our job. And that's that's that shouldn't be. Anyone who works should get paid a fair wage for a fair day's work. That's it. And so they're being exploited. Let, let's just be honest about that and and what that causes in that situation that it puts people in. Um, and, and how are they getting on a plane without an ID? 
You know, that's a great question for the Texas NGOs. Um, We have had conversations. I was at the border in October, and I met with some of the NGOs and just explained, like, yes, I understand you need to decompress your shelters. Um, But, you know, they say that Chicago is a welcoming city, and if you go there, they have great resources for you. They're overstating what Chicago is able to do. Hmm, interesting. Uh, and that's way too long for them to have to get to work. So, so obviously, again, this becomes a federal issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. And I would imagine your office is overwhelmed and there are not enough lawyers to help them file that paperwork. Is that? A... And, and, it, and it's tedious. It's a very tedious application in order to complete it. Um, and the other thing to note is that the dollars that we receive for FEMA does not support legal services. So, the money that we're using for our legal services is actually using corporate funds. Thank you so much for making yourself available for this call. Thank you so much. Brandy Kanazi, Commissioner of Chicago's Family and Support Services. Steve's News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Chicago! Chicago.